0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Manual Marketing Podcast. Today, I am talking with Alana Ostrega. She is the Senior Director of Marketing at Clearbank. This is a fun conversation that we have. We get into how to do business in a human fashion, how that translates down to creating more customers, creating a great experience, turning people into brand ambassadors, and why that's so important. And on the flip side, if you don't do that and if you only focus on the transaction, you know, where you can experience some real blind spots in your business with losing customers and people actually going out and trashing your business, you know, to their friends. So really, really interesting conversation all about doing business in a human fashion. I think you'll enjoy it. But before we get into that, as always, look, Cave Social, we produce this show. We're also a marketing agency that helps companies grow online. So if you're feeling stuck, you need help with social media, or just pushing growth to your company online, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, talk to somebody on our team. We will be glad to help. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode. mm, 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 What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast podcast. I'm excited. I'm excited today. We to get a good little pre-show chat with our next guest, Alana Ostrega. She is the Senior Director of Marketing at ClearBank. And I think this is going to be a fun one. So one, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate oh, it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Now, before we get into you know the meat and potatoes of marketing, and we talked a lot about really understanding empathy as a business, lay the groundwork for us and tell me about you know your backstory. How did you get to ClearBank? How did you find your way into marketing? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to learn more.
1: Yeah, so I wish I could say it was like a very linear process to me finding like the world of marketing. When I graduated university, even though I had worked as like a brand steward for Apple and like all these like field marketing jobs as one does in university, I actually graduated thinking that I was going to go to medical school. I had this like grandiose notion: I'm going to go and be a doctor. I'm going to be a pediatrician. I'm going to save the world. And I guess in some small way with. In marketing, I am saving the world, um, <laughs> but essentially, what happened was I didn't get in, and I was crushed. Right, that was like my first like big failure of my life. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to move on from this. What's going to happen? And I found myself in a position where I was kind of at a crossroads. Like, do I go back to school? Do I? continue on into business. And I had my business degree. And I thought, okay, this is what I studied. This is what I know. Let me see if I can do something with this, and if I can find my passion here. And I actually got a job, an affiliate marketing agency called OPM Pros, which has since grown to be this like much larger affiliate marketing agency. But when I joined, I would say we were about 10 people inclusive of the two founders. And we just like, this is like digital marketing in its infancy when there was no real-time bidding platforms. Like, it was like Google affiliate network, which doesn't exist anymore. We use Google Analytics, but like it was probably 10% of where it is today, maybe not even 5% of where it is today. Facebook advertising wasn't a thing. Like we were literally calling people and being like, hey, like we want to get this like piece of real estate on your website. How much is it going to cost us? And so we would like, Actually, have conversations with humans as opposed to bidding on these ads and like optimizing and doing all these things. And so it was a really interesting foray into digital marketing. And I would say that that's probably where I sort of developed this love of like growth hacking and like trying to find different ways of using digital marketing techniques. I learned about black hat marketing and cookie stuffing and bidding on people's keywords and all these sort of roundabout ways of doing things online that optimized your brand and that brought people to your website. And from there, I guess I developed a passion. And I realized that marketing was something that I could actually make a really good career out of. And I moved to Toronto, I got a job with another startup. The startup world was something that I absolutely loved right from the beginning. I was like, this is awesome. You can bootstrap your way and do anything you want. You can grow anything you want. There are no rules, just like a big playground. So I would say that that's sort of what kept me in that world. I worked at a company called Vicinity, which was like a loyalty marketing platform. And that was my first instance of working with sales teams, which is, as one knows, marketing and sales don't often get along or, you know, they try to get along as much as possible. But that was sort of like my really, my first time experiencing this like, negativity or negative association with like marketing and like marketing, bringing in leads and like, what do we actually do? And like, things like that. And so I actually moved that into the loyalty space. And I started working in the loyalty space. And I got a job at a company called loyalty one, which is like much larger organization. I worked there for a couple of years. And I guess you could say that I realized very quickly working there that I was definitely meant for the startup world. I was not meant for the corporate world at all. I really started to understand things about myself in the sense of, I actually need to be very passionate about something if I'm going to work at something and like really wholeheartedly like put my all into it. I started going to these, like, I started to, like, better myself and going to these conferences and trying to develop my interest in marketing. And I started really getting into the fintech space. I was, like, obsessed with the fintech space. And I was, like, financial technology, this is going to be the next thing. Well, simple, all these companies, like, they're doing it. They got it going on. And I started to really do a lot of research into what that meant, trying to understand that world a little deeper. And I landed a role at a company called Finance It, which is a really amazing organization. And I would say that, like, that was where... I developed all my marketing chops. That's where I sort of like brought in my leadership skills, started to understand what meaning a brand had and the impact that a brand had in an organization and started to understand user experience and product and how to work with product teams and how to work with UX researchers and really understanding that deeper and developed my leadership skills there, I would say, and quite quickly grew my way from A little old marketing specialist to marketing director. And within five years, I was leading their team. You know, we went from a team of about four people to 10 people. I mean, I was employee number 34 when I left, that we were over 300 people, Goldman Sachs backed company, quite a turnaround. So I saw them really sort of pivot from small little engine that could to this like amazing organization that was like very, very well oiled. And I would say when I left, That was one of the reasons that sort of sparked my interest in moving over to ClearBank, which is where I am right now, is this like newfound challenge of like, okay, now I need this like, I I love this messiness. I love the messiness of like an organization when you just need to put this like structure into place and you need to really start to build the brand and develop something. And ClearBank obviously is is an amazing organization and I'm so happy to be a part of it. It's like, I feel like I could do just anything, I'm, I'm on like a rocket ship with them. So that's sort of where I am today. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Very
0: cool. And for people who don't know or haven't heard of ClearBank, what is it exactly that, that you all do?
1: Essentially what ClearBank does is we don't want founders to use the most expensive capital to pay for things like advertising and marketing and inventory. We give them that capital. That's the easiest way to put it. We are a buy founders, for founders organization. We support founders in growth mode who are like, you know, starting out, they need to grow, they don't know where to go, they don't have access to VC funding. And so ClearBank offers them an affordable way to grow and to scale and not have to use, you know, the most expensive equity to do that, right? Like they don't have to give up a piece of themselves, a piece of their business to go out and buy Facebook ads. That's dumb. That doesn't make any sense, right? So that's where ClearBank comes in. And I'm really sort of proud to be a part of it. I would say I would consider myself a bit of an entrepreneur myself, although I have not started my own business. I think like in 10 years, I see myself in that place where I will start my own business. But I really feel for these founders, like they are in a place where... They are so passionate and so engaged with their business. Like it is their baby, right? And so when they're thinking about getting funding and they're thinking about the resources available to them, like there's not a ton out there. And I would say that, like, Clearbank in that sense is like pretty revolutionary to be able to offer that to them.
0: It's interesting. You know, we talked a little bit before we started recording, right? About having empathy and then understanding how businesses can really be more empathetic and then. Through hearing your story and talking about how one, you know, you want to work at a place where you can be passionate about that. But then, two, it sounds like a clear bank when you're working with these founders and you're hearing these stories and you're seeing their passion shine through. It really comes down to like business is lived and executed outside of the spreadsheet. It's an emotional thing and it's going to be part of it. It always is. But really, at a fundamental level, it's like, are we passionate about what we're doing as marketers and the message we're trying to get out there and the companies we're trying to work with? And then two, like, I think it's contagious, you know? Like, I really do think that when you're hearing these stories of these founders and you're seeing that they're passionate and they're coming over, that's only going to make you want to, you know, communicate, get in front of other people. And I love that, you know, you're a four founders by founders. I'm sure the founders at ClearBank are also feeling that way. And then the last part of that, you said that where, you know, you see yourself starting your own journey. I think entrepreneurship at a certain point is the mindset that it can be, you could be working within a Fortune 500 and be an entrepreneur. If you're committed to solving problems and helping customers, innovating how we help customers that are struggling. That's how I A
1: hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah, it's so I mean, so I totally agree with that. I think like everyone that I work with, I think in their own way is like a bit of an entrepreneur. I think like you will be more successful if you think of yourself as an entrepreneur. And like, in marketing in general, I think one of the biggest things is like, you know, we hear this all the time, like marketing needs to position themselves as profit-oriented center, right? Like we, we want to be making money for the business. You need to be solution oriented. In order to do that, like you have to have that entrepreneurial mindset. Like how are you going to find that solution for the business? How are you going to bring something to the table? You never want to be this like drain on an organization. Just like in the realm of talent, I would say that for me, the biggest quality that you'll find in somebody to be successful is not necessarily like their schooling academically or the kind of successful path they've had working for this company or that company. It's like, do they have the entrepreneurial mindset? Are they scrappy? like can they get there right if they're scrappy and you think that they can do it that is so much more important than an MBA
0: yeah it's that it comes to that mindset right and under I think that people scrappy is a good word is like we have an objective we have to get there how are we going to do that what is that going to take and we have this amount of resource right because that's the real world of business of like you said it's got to. we have to be a profit center marketers we have to think about this how are we actually driving business results and what a lot of people, and I think what happens here, right, is when we look at organizations and we focus on driving results, people start to focus on the transaction so heavily, and then they forget yeah, that-, that the transaction is only part of this whole interaction that a brand's going to have with a consumer. I just think it's so important that, like, buying something is emotional, and then we often use we justify it afterwards. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's so emotional when you are making purchases or going into business, you know, relationships. There's a lot of emotion there. I would love to hear your opinion on really how businesses should think past the transaction and really start to like invoke and instill empathy, you know, in their organization.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about this lately just because of COVID and the idea that people are lacking these human experiences and lacking these human interactions. And, you know, all of these organizations are coming forward and, you know, a lot of them are doing a really good job of trying to build out these virtual experiences that have that sort of level of humanity to it right? Adding that additional element of authenticity and making sure that people really trust their brand. And that part of it is so important, that like deeper connection through that virtual experience. It's of the utmost importance. I would say that like, if you get it right, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, like, you know, people can go through your process and like, you might make that sale, you might make that first sale, but like there's this retention component, right? There's this like component of it that if you have this elevated customer experience, if you've built this deeper connection with your customer, the reviews, the referrals, the word of mouth, like all of those things are really powerful entities, right? And I think that those things come from building out this like really, really good experience that is more rooted in that humanity, right? Like you're building these promoters for your brand. And, you know, we talk about this at ClearBank all the time about how we try to get away as much as possible from the transactional, almost in like everything that we do, right? So, you know, on the acquisition side, it's like you have people who are, we just spoke about it like they're so passionate about it they have these small businesses it's like they're babies right and so they're coming through and they're making this decision and like for them it's not transactional for them it's very very emotional and so if they go through the experience and they have like just this negative way of do, like we were talking about it before the chatbot right like you you speak to this chatbot you ask somebody for help and then it's like oh sorry we'll be back tomorrow that's a really terrible experience to give somebody right like they're asking you a question, they want to have a conversation, they want to know that like as a brand, they can trust you, that they're giving you their information. You know, there's all these like different components to it. But it's, it's so important to bring in that that human element to the user experience. And that's why I'm a big fan of like research and understanding like what makes people do certain things, the behavioral mechanisms that would cause somebody to purchase something or to not complete something or to come back and to complete something, right? Like all of those are really important elements to your interaction with your customer.
0: Yeah, And it comes down to like thinking and being human, right? This is one of those things that I personally despise the terms like B2B, to B2C. To I'm like, okay, there's a person on the other side of the screen, right? And that's what it comes down to is you're speaking to a person when you are a brand. You wanna make sure that you understand like customer experience doesn't end at the proverbial cash register. It's like, it's everything it's afterwards. It's how they're using the product, how it affects their life, because that's going to change how they talk about the product. One customer usually hangs out with a bunch of other potential customers. If they're business owners, say you're selling to lawyers, they probably hang out with a lot of lawyers. And understanding that, that they're either going to go and be championing your product because you treated them well, you did something different. Or on the flip side... If your company is just all about the transaction and then it's like, okay, see you later. You know, go talk to our chat bot if you ever have an issue. Yeah, I'm going to be complaining about you as well. And anyone who's, who's listening to this right now, like think about the last time you had to deal with your telecom provider. I don't care who it is. Think about the last time you had to deal with them to try to sort out anything. Was that a was that a pleasant experience? Were you r- running to recommend Telus or Verizon? I doubt it because
1: it's exactly, and those are <laughs> things that you need, right? Like those are things like you need your phone. Like every single person has a phone, so it's like ultimately they could. You're going to come and go as a customer of Rogers or Bell or Verizon or wherever you are, whichever country you're in, but at the end of the day, like if you're a smaller business or if you're like an e-commerce business, you have like so many options, right? Like I can buy a pillow literally from anywhere. I could buy shoes from anywhere. And if you want people to recommend your brand, if you want people to feel that they are, like if you want people to actually grow and be advocates of your brand, it's more than just that initial acquisition, right? Like in the marketing world, we always talk about it like this. We always say like, you know, you acquire somebody and it's much harder to acquire somebody than it is to retain somebody. But everybody always focuses on the acquisition side of things, right? Because at the end of the day, you're like, well, how many people did we acquire? Like, what are your revenue goals? This, that, and the other, right? When you think about that, like, really think about it. If you focused a little bit more on the experience that they had up front, and you focus a little bit more on making your product sticky, and bringing people back and building that retention through advocacy, through enablement, through these like conversations that people can have, like one of the things that we did at ClearBank, which I cannot at all take credit for, but it's just an amazing thing is that we built this like Slack channel for founders, right? And this is just founders like, shooting the shit, having conversations about like different things that are impressing on them that day, issues that they're having. And we're just sort of like building this community for them, right? And that's a really great way of building this, I guess you could say more emotional community where people can have these conversations and we don't get anything out of it. There's nothing there for us to get out of it, right? It's just a matter of like people understanding that we're there for them, that the brand is supporting them, that we're there for their growth and that they're supporting each other. And that's actually what people need right now in this like very strange world that we're living in.
0: hundred percent and community is everything. And I think that, you know, that just speaks to empathy is understanding too, when to get out of your own way and understanding in that case that ClearBank doesn't need to lead every conversation to still be foster the community. It can happen on a Slack channel that's hosted by you all, but it's like founders can just talk with each other and it's all in this atmosphere. But we also understand that, okay, the brand, we're going to step to the side here, right? And I think that's important too, because it's emotional awareness really at that level and thinking about what people want. When they go there and they're talking about an issue they have or something, I doubt they want to see an advertisement for the company or something, right? They want to be, they want to go there because it's a safe place to talk about or shoot the shit or, you know, what have you. And I think that's powerful. I think that's something that other organizations could learn from.
1: Yeah, totally. It's timing, right? Like, be careful with your timing of like when you actually start to provide people different ads and like on that note, I think like, on the flip side of like that top of the funnel stuff that people do or that brands do you have to be really careful with like the ads that you position to people, how you follow people around what you say to them and when you say it to them. Like there's something to be said about seeing the brand too much too often. Like repetition is really important, but sometimes brands can be, offensive in the way that they do things or the way that they retarget people, right? So that's another component I think like as a marketer that we really need to think about. Just brands are just overloading people with like all of this different messaging. Is it the right messaging at the right time? You'll have to think about that. That's a part of the experience, right? Like if they see the same ad over and over again, not 100% certain that they're gonna go and transact. If they see you know, a level of ads, one ad, and then they see something else, that follows it, and then they see something else that follows it, and then they get to a really awesome landing page, and then they get to a really awesome experience. Like, those are all parts of the funnel that are super, super important just to take it to a little bit of a different place right now outside of the emotional aspect. It's just the experience that people are having with your brand, right? And all of that stuff is super, super important.
0: Yeah, you got to look at the whole picture for sure and how you're deploying, how you're talking. What are you doing systematically to try to create brand ambassadors? You know, and it's like, you could have a system that also instills and gets people to speak positively. It could just be simply a call. Hey, we're going to call people one month after they bought a product and just say, hey, how do you like it? We're just calling yeah. and see how you like it. That can be systematized to have it like, okay, we know 30 days after purchase, we do this, but we're going to systematize a human experience cause, and that can lead to more customers. That can lead to great insight on products. That can lead to so many things that can be so valuable to you as a marketer and as an organization.
1: 100%. I mean- I would say the people at the other end of that phone call, the people at the other end of that email, the people at the other end of that ad, like those are all your future brand advocates, but those are also the people, and you just touch on it a little bit, who could actually spark an idea for a really great product, right? Like if the interaction that they're having, if, if you start to get this very similar kind of feedback from your customers or you feel like you're not serving them in the right way, it's very possible that your product is just not suited. Is there a product market fit there for what you're trying to sell, right? If there isn't, make it up, figure it out as an organization, like pivot your way into making sure that you are providing them what they need in that moment.
0: Well said. I like it. Ilana, before I let you go, let people know where they can, one, learn about ClearBank and then two, connect with you online.
1: Uh, clearbank.com. I would say online, you can find me on Twitter, Alana O, but I'm not often on Twitter unless I complain about a brand. So if you want (laughs) to see my different complaints, that's fine. Otherwise, I'm always on LinkedIn.
0: Cool. And I'll put links to all of those in the show notes so you guys can go over and connect and go check out what ClearBank is doing. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch y'all next time.